The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for all news and techniques and strategies to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate. And today we are talking about one of those real estate related investments that has like many of them uh, had a resurgence in the last few years since the quote crash of the real estate market known to investors as the best real estate market of our time. And that is investing in performing notes. And to do that, we have with us the original note buyer, Donna Bauer, who is from right here in Cincinnati, Ohio, but is known throughout the country for both her note buying activities and her instruction to many, many folks over the years about how to buy notes. She is making upcoming appearances in both Cincinnati and Columbus that we will talk about a little bit later. Uh, but for now, joining us by phone is Donna Bauer. Donna, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you, Vina. It's good to be here. <laughs> yes, and, and Donna, it has been a while since you were here on Real Life Real Estate, and it's been a while since you started investing in notes. <laughs> so uh, can you talk a little bit about your history and how you got into this? Because I think in a lot of ways, you were the person who ought to be buying notes in today's market. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I started out... I hate to say how long ago, I don't like to admit to it, but well over 20 years ago, let's say. And at that time, I had four little kids, and I was babysitting so that I could be a stay-at-home mom and just really looking uh, for a way that I could make some money and stay at home with the kids. And I had an attorney who took me under his wing and taught me uh, how to buy notes, and I started working off of my dining room table. And it was a whole new thing to me. I'd never never done anything like that before, but I, I went down to the Hamilton County Recorder, and after all day of being down there going through the microfiche that they had at that time, I came home with six little leads. Six, okay? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this sure isn't going to work. And I, I was going to throw them in the trash, and I thought, well, I went to all that trouble to get them, so I think I'll send out some mail. And I got my first deal out of one of those six letters. And it was pretty awesome. I, I bought a note secured by uh, a two-family over, or excuse me, four-family over in Price Hill, and uh, that was here in Cincinnati, and made over five thousand dollars on it. So that was the beginning of 
where I am today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And back when back when five thousand dollars was five thousand dollars. I mean, that, right? <laughs> it's equivalent. <laughs> it's a lot different than five thousand dollars now, you know. Equivalent of probably making ten or fifteen thousand dollars on a lead today, which uh, you know, not not too bad for a soccer mom sitting at her table, not knowing quite what she was doing, but exactly. <laughs> just doing what people exactly. what doing what someone told her to do. Um, so, so like, like real estate note buying is very easy to make into a home-based business. It's very easy to, to fit into your spare time if you have a full-time job or kids at home or whatever. Um, there have been, there has been, uh, quite a bit of talk and we've had a number of discussions here on real life real estate over the course of last year about buying defaulted notes, about buying defaulted first and second mortgages. And I know that that is something that you do as well, but that first deal that you did and the and the ones that we're going to talk about today were really what's called performing notes. Uh, can you can you can you describe a little bit what we're talking about when we say let's go invest in performing notes? Okay. Um well, some people immediately think that they're going to go buy some notes from the bank. And you're absolutely right. Today, uh, it's, a, it's a new market, something I've been uh, teaching for 15 years or so. But banks are finally starting to sell their defaulted loans. But they don't sell their good paper, what, what I call or their performing notes. Um, because generally, they're going to sell those in pools to hedge funds and, and stuff like that. Um, so when I talk about performing notes, that I'm buying, it's typically a privately held performing note. Um, and that would be a uh, someone who has sold their home and uh, carried back a mortgage, as we say. Mm-hmm. And they are receiving payments over the next 20 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And let's say that uh, maybe they start, they collect some payments for a year or two, and then you know, something happens. They get married. They get divorced. They want to start a business. They've got a medical problem. They want to travel. You know, for some reason, they decide they don't want to wait 18 years to get their money, and they're looking for cash today. And those are the type of notes uh, that you can make a lot of money on in today's market. Mm-hmm. And are, we are talking about first liens as opposed to second liens in this case? Yes. Now, I, I have to, to qualify that, though. If you're in California, we could be also be talking about some second liens. But in most parts of the country, it's going to be strictly first mortgages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in places like California, I mean, routinely they, they have more than one mortgage on their property. Um, but that's a whole different ball game as far as buying seconds, so I really don't want to get into that. What we really want to focus on today is what most people are doing, and that is buying the performing first mortgages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So our, our, uh, as always in real estate, we have two sets of customers. <laughs> we, have, we have the people who have the thing we want to buy, and then if we want to sell that thing, we have the people we want to sell it to. <laughs> and as always, we are um, having to go out and find both of those sets of customers. There's, there's not. A, a, wouldn't it be great if you could just say, oh, and then you go to this website, and that'll show you who's got all the mortgages, and you can just call them <laughs> because their phone numbers are there, right? But that's, that's not the way it works. Um, h- how do you identify these people that have carried back mortgages on their houses? Well, um, I, I mentioned before that when I first started, I went down to the courthouse and I examined the county records. 
I do not recommend doing that today. It's so time-consuming. You get a sore neck and a headache. Uh, nowadays, a very easy way to do it is to simply buy a list, and you can just get online, and there's a number of different list providers, and you're looking for seller-financed mortgages. And you can buy um, the list and the addresses and all the information, and you can simply send out um, postcards or letters to the folks. Now, that's just one way. I think that's the quickest way for somebody new in the business to get started, but there's a lot of different ways that you can um, find the people. For example, if you just look at ads for houses for sale that are offering seller financing, I mean, that's a lead for the future because when they sell and they carry back that note, you know, you want to be in touch with them so that if they ever want to cash out, they're going to call you. So it, right there you can see the potential with all of the the properties out there that are for sale by owner right now uh, and carrying back financing. Um, but the all-time, long-term best way to find um, the, the people who want to cash out is through networking. And, uh, of course, Cincinnati Re is where I got my start. Um, the second note, I told you about the first note I, I – bought and sold, but the second one I bought from a fellow investor at the Cincinnati RIA. Mm -hmm. She had sold a rental property. She carried back a note. She was looking for cash so she could go do another deal, and so I bought that note from her. So networking um, with other investors is a great way. Uh, you want to get referrals if you think of people who might know other people who have carried back mortgages. So you could get referrals from mortgage brokers, uh, from CPAs, attorneys, uh, divorce attorneys are, are great, or probate attorneys, um, financial planners, insurance agents, uh, real estate agents, builders, contractors, title companies. I mean, there's all kinds of um, people that, that routinely would come across people holding mortgages, and you can use them as a referral to get to the people that you want. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to Donna Bauer, the note buyer, about performing mortgages and why you might want to invest in or maybe even flip those. If you have a question for Donna, give us a call at 877-772-9658, or you can send your questions via email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking today about investing in performing notes with Donna Bauer, who's been doing that for longer than she apparently cares to admit at this point. Uh, you can give us a call with your questions about performing mortgages at 877-772-9658, or at, uh, you can also send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Uh, Donna will be making appearances at Cincinnati RIA on March the 7th at the main meeting and also doing an all-day seminar for Cincinnati RIA on March 16th. And in April, she will be doing the same thing for the Central Ohio Real Estate Entrepreneurs. So you can check out CincinnatiRIA.com or CentralOhioInvestors.com for more information about those things. Uh, it's always a challenge, Donna, in what basically works out to be about 48 minutes of show to really get down to, <laughs> to, to, the, to the hows and whys and whats and so on of, of any of these strategies. But uh, I, I did want to, uh, to address this. Um, performing mortgages are, are, 
are very different than non-performing mortgages in terms of how much sort of hands-on work they take to manipulate them and get them, you know, performing if they're non-performing. In your experience, how do the returns compare? Uh, Without a doubt, you make more on the defaulted loans, typically. But it's the old risk-reward thing. If you are looking on how you can quickly quickly being a keyword, and easily make cash, it would be with the performing notes. The defaulted loans usually take longer to work, although sometimes you can call them up and they'll settle right away, but typically that's going to be over a period of time. And um, But sometimes you may wind up getting the property back, you have to foreclose, you have to fix up the property. I mean, so everything is relative. If you're a hands-on person, you can make great returns with defaulted loans. But if you are looking for a fast, easy way to make money, I highly recommend that you consider the performing notes. Because the thing is, you never have to deal with the property, because you never own the property. In fact, I'm going to even go a step further and say if you are buying and selling performing notes, there's virtually no risk because you're never going to buy a note unless you've already got it sold. So, you know, you're going to own it for 30 seconds as long as it takes them to record one assignment and then another one, you know. Um, So there is no risk in it. You're not going to get stuck with the property because the property is not involved. And you're not going to get stuck with the note because you've already got it sold. So it's a really neat way to take advantage of this market without the headaches of owning the property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, since you brought up the idea of flipping notes, and, 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 and let me say, I know a lot of people who are just looking to buy these notes because they have nice high returns and assuming nothing goes wrong, they can just invest some money and truly, it's a truly a passive investment, right? I mean, we talk about rentals being a passive investment. Uh, no, <laughs> because... <laughs> Not hardly. <laughs> because you can, yeah, you get a check every month, but you also have to keep the plumbing running and the place full and so on. With, with these, assuming that, you know, you have a good note that, that that's fully performing, you literally put in money and a check comes every month. So it's it's a it's a truly passive investment. And I know a lot of people who are looking for something like that for their IRA or something just so that they can get double-digit returns. Absolutely. This is a great investment for an IRA. And two reasons. One, super high returns. And two, safety. Um, unlike, Unlike the defaulted loans where you don't know if you're going to be able to collect or not or what's going to happen, um, if you use my process of evaluating a loan, uh, a note that you're going to buy, a performing note, the likelihood of that going into default is very, very slim. One, one of the great things about buying um, performing notes, or we call them discounted notes, um, is that there's a pay history. You know, this person has been making payments for a year, two years, five years, whatever, and, and you can see that they've got a record. That's a lot different than just loaning somebody money and hoping that they pay. And so that's the first thing we're going to look at is, or one of the first things, is the, the seasoning, we call it. You know, how, how long have they been making payments and, and what's the pay history been? But the other thing is that, and this is what I love about doing notes, is that you can tailor-make your deal to be as safe as you want it to be. 
if, if you're concerned that values or house values are going to drop again and you're worried about losing money, then you just simply stay at a lower loan-to-value. Or you might just buy part of the note instead of buying the whole note. Mm-hmm. So you can really, really make it a safe investment for your IRA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so just as when uh, we wouldn't go buy a property without inspecting it, for instance, uh, you don't you don't buy a note without a, a series of steps of due diligence that you have found after all these years of experience predict whether this person is likely to continue to pay the note or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to do an evaluation process, and then you do what we call due diligence to follow up. Uh, You're going to get a credit report on the payor. You get an appraisal on the property. I would never buy a note without doing title work on the, on the, the property. So you're going to follow up to make sure that everything that they've represented to you is true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate. Our number's here in the studio. If you'd like to talk to Donna Bauer about uh, her performing note business, or let me say your future performing note business, 877-772-9658 is the number to call. Or you can send us an email by going to askvina at gmail.com. Just got a question here from Christian in Virginia, Donna. Uh, He says, is it just as easy to find commercial properties that have owner financing as residential properties? Would that be a better way to spend your time? Because you'll spend just as much time tracking down a commercial note as you would tracking down a note on a residential property. This absolutely works with commercial as well. So uh, everything that I've talked about, you can definitely do with commercial notes um, and not not a problem. Um, in fact, the, the amount of your profit is directly related to the size of the note. And typically, your commercial notes are, are oftentimes a, a lot uh, larger than a residential loan. And so typically, you can make a lot more money on a commercial transaction than you can on a residential one. But what I'm sharing with you will absolutely work for commercial properties as well. So it's whatever you're into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now let me let me ask you this question, Donna. On on defaulted notes, as we and 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 if folks are joining us for the first time and they say, "Wait, she keeps talking about defaulted notes. I don't know about that." You you can go back to the podcast, go to iTunes, and there's there's podcasts of all of our programs up there. And there was one a couple of months ago uh, with a guy named Dave Van Horn from uh, PPM. PPR, excuse me, and uh, one probably six or eight months ago with Eddie Speed. So if you want to get caught up on this whole defaulted note thing, uh, you can just do that for free by going to iTunes. Uh, but one of the things that we get really concerned about with buying defaulted notes is making sure that we're not paying more than the property itself is worth. Because with a defaulted note, there's a decent chance you're going to end up with the property as opposed to the note. Do, do you get into that sort of due diligence on properties that are subject to a performing note? Absolutely. The, the first thing that I'm always going to ask if somebody says that they have a note for sale, I want to know how much equity is in the property that is uh, securing that note. So the first thing I'm going to look at is the loan-to-value. Um, and it, it, the lower the loan-to-value, the safer the note. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because just, just as with defaulted notes, the 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 your your last uh, um, form of recovery should something happen, you know, should the 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 people who are paying the note move out of town and just leave the house, or you know, lose their jobs, or get divorced, or whatever happens to people that make them stop paying after good payment history, uh, is going to be to take the property. Right, right, 
and 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 typically and and again very like i can't think off the top of my head of a performing note that i have bought that has gone into default i mean it's really um it, it because I'm selective on what I buy. I'm extremely selective. Um, it's not at all the same as buying a defaulted note. Um, so it's, it's much, much safer. But if it did go into default, what I would do is negotiate and get the deed in lieu. Uh, I'd have them give me the deed back instead of having me foreclose and ruin their credit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've never had to do that. Hey, I want, can I? I need to tell you something. Do you know that Dave Van Horn is a student of mine? He's like my most <laughs> successful student. They have built this multi-million-dollar fund, and they started out using my collateral assignment technique. That's how they got started. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so everybody in the real estate world is all interrelated. <laughs> they, they are. It's very incestuous. <laughs> You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking today about performing notes and mortgages. If you have a question for Donna Bauer, don't assume I'm going to ask it. Ask it yourself, 877-772-9658 or askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Donna Bauer, the note buyer. We're talking about performing mortgages as an investment, as opposed to the non-performing ones that we have talked about in the past. We're also taking your calls at 877-772-9658 or your emails at askvina at gmail.com. Now, Donna, I I personally have noticed as I go around the country and and talk to groups, there are just, there, there is a much higher level of awareness of investing in notes right now than there was five years ago, 10 years ago. Now, 20 years ago, everybody knew about it. So it's one of those things that's sort of rolling back around again. Why do you think that is? Well, when I got into it was in the late uh, 1980s. And we were coming off a 20% interest rates at that point. And so if people wanted to sell a property, you know, who can afford a a 20% interest rate from the bank? So there was a lot of seller financing going on. Lots of land contracts, real estate contracts in other states, and uh, mortgages and deeds of trust carried back. Well, what happened was in the 90s, as rates went down, there was less of a need to carry back mortgages. People were still doing them, but not nearly as much as they were before. Well, now we have a really unique situation because interest rates um, are, are low, you know, but it, it's still very difficult to get a bank loan. And so people find it that if they want to sell a property, I mean, m- many of them feel like the only way they can do it is if they do offer seller financing. So once again, you know, there's been this huge influx of people carrying back mortgages. And that's why there's such a great opportunity, again, for us to, to cash them out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you made, me, you made me a list of the reasons that people who truly want a passive investment <laughs> want notes more than they want the properties. <laughs> because <Right. laughs> because um, it, 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 it tr- own, owning the financing it truly is a whole lot different than owning the property itself. And I'm, I'm, not sure that, I'm not sure that people who are in real estate who might be listening to the program and used to having to take the phone calls from the tenants 
really get that this person that whose whose uh, note you bought owns the house, and therefore they are the ones responsible for the rehab and the and if it's a if it's a if it's a uh, sometimes sometimes the note you were buying is on a rental house, but those aren't your tenants; those are the note holders' tenants. Right, and and they're responsible for the tenants and the toilets and the trash and the, you know, if if the property's empty one month, they still owe you a payment, just exactly, like, just like they would owe the bank the payment. So, but you are the bank. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing. And and for people that this is a new concept to just think of it like that, you are the bank in a privately uh, in a private transaction like this. If you are investing in discounted notes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you know one thing we should maybe mention. Is, is we're talking about two different ways of making money on discounted notes. You can be what I call Donna Dealer. If you're starting out, you have none of your own money, you want to buy and resell. You buy low, sell high, and you make a profit. And, and then you make 50000 here and 10000 there and 100000 there, and before long, you've got enough money where you can be the actual investor. And then that's when you become truly passive, where you use your own cash to buy, and you're buying and holding because you want a great rate of return and you want safety for your investment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and let's and let's talk about that that issue of flipping these performing notes because <clears throat> I know that a lot of folks that that is how they get started. That's how you got started. It's they don't have a hundred thousand dollars sitting around where they can go buy well, one note in California or <laughs> two or three here in Cincinnati. And and what they do is they put together the seller who's got a note that they want to sell at a discount to get cash for it and a buyer who wants a passive investment. Where are the buyers coming from? Where are the note, who, who are these note buyers? Um, well, am I allowed to give out my website? <laughs> <laughs> be a buyer. <laughs> You've got notes, get a hold of me. Um, but um, there are institutions who purchase notes. That's all they do is buy uh, seller carryback notes. And you can find those, just get online and, and you'll find a number of them. And then I have had a great deal of success over the years with private investors like us, mm-hmm. that we have money in an IRA and we want to invest that money at a safe return. Um, and a high return and invest it safely. So, and people think that you need like hundreds of private investors, and that's not true. You can use those same investors over and over and over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's sort of the same concept as as wholesaling a house. Start talking to people about do they have money and would they would they be interested in something like this if you brought it to them. At, right, and then you, and then you can bring it to them. Now, one of the things that uh, man question we have over and over and over here on real life real estate is do do I have to have a buyer's list before I go looking for the notes or do I have to have a note before I start talking to anybody about maybe buying a note well that's one of the advantages of being my student because I have buyers so most what most of my students do is I just have them focus on finding the note and then once they find that, they send their information to me, and then I'll put it out to my buyers if it's not something I personally want to invest in, and then I walk them through the whole transaction. Um, if you're not going to do that, then I would at least, at the very least, I would check into some institutions, and, and I would look and see what are their criteria, what type of notes are they looking for, so that then you can determine, oh, this one, you know, for example, some people like mobile home pay- paper and others don't. 
So you wouldn't want to go marketing for mobile home paper unless you know you've got an end buyer that is interested in mobile home paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, we're taking your questions on performing notes and mortgages at 877-772-9658 or via email at askvina at gmail.com. Just got a question in on the uh, Gmail address from Matt in Newport, Kentucky. He says, Donna, I see a lot more land contracts around here than I do owner-held notes and mortgages. Do you ever invest in the land contracts? Great question. Absolutely. Um, Private investors will buy the land contract. Uh, but your institution is going to require that that land contract be converted to a mortgage. And it's very easy to do because anybody buying a house would rather have the deed than just a contract to get the deed. Um, But if you're going to, uh, just as a private investor, if I were going to buy that land contract, the way it's done is I actually buy the property from the homeowner subject to that land contract, and they sign the right to the land contract. That's kind of technical, but yes, it can be done. It's just done in a different fashion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and listeners who are here in the in the Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana area are going to find a lot of land contracts, uh, particularly in Ohio and Indiana. Uh, they have some advantages to the person who originally sold them. <laughs> <laughs> over the notes and the mortgage. In other words, the person that you would then be buying the note from uh, in terms of what our default law- laws are for land contracts versus notes and mortgages. So uh, you are going to see a lot of those. So it's worth uh, taking some time and, and learning about about how they are the same and different than uh, the, the, the more typical note and mortgage. Um, we have a question here from George in Los Angeles. That's a interesting market out there these days. Um, he says, Donna, are you more interested in a note that has a balloon in it or one that is fully amortized over, say, 20 to 30 years? That is a great question. Um, the situation is that the fully amortized note is definitely a safer note. But in order for me to get the kind of return I want, in most investors, on a fully amortized loan, it's, it's worth less money. So um, if you're selling the note, I'm going to give you less money if it's fully amortized than if there is a balloon. Now, you've got to be careful because uh, people automatically think, oh, well, I'll sell this house and I'll put a, a balloon on it next year. You know, because the sooner the money comes back, you know, the more value that note has. Well, you can go too soon and the opposite will happen. Um, What you want to do is find that sweet spot, and I'd say it's maybe five years. Um, I would make it at least five years if you're creating a note. Um, I I would amortize it over 30 years to keep that payment low for your buyer, but I would put a five-year balloon on it uh, so that when you go to sell it, then you will maximize your cash out. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. The, the the questions are coming in fast and furious at askvina at gmail.com. Uh, we have one here from Quincy, who is in Chattanooga, Tennessee, who would like to... I just, I just shut this silly email. Hang on a second. <laughs> I was trying to scroll down and I... I shut it down instead. Oh, okay. So uh, Quincy's question, Donna, is when you were doing your due diligence on your notes, and you you mentioned that, I guess, that you pulled a credit report on 
the sellers or on the buyers, excuse me. Uh, is there a particular credit score you're looking for, payment history you're looking for? In other words, what would cause you in looking at that credit report to accept or reject a note? That's an interesting question. Um, to be honest with you, I'm going to go more on their pay history. Um, but the institutions, uh, many of them do have a flat uh, rate that it has to be over 600 or over 620 or, you know, something like that. Um, keeping in mind that many people, the reason that they, they have carried back a mortgage is because these people would not qualify for a bank loan. So naturally, their credit is probably going to, not probably, but a lot of times, will be uh, not pristine. So you have to look at the big picture, and that's why it's so nice when you've got uh, the more seasoning that they have. If, if they've been making payments for three years and never missed a payment, that's a pretty good indication that they're going to keep paying. How much money did they put down when they bought the property? You know, if they put 20% down, that's a good indication that they're going to do everything they can to make that payment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's lots of other things. See, that's the good thing about dealing with a private investor. What I do is I look at the pros and I look at the cons. And a lot of times there's something very positive, like the seasoning, like a down payment, that will offset bad credit. Whereas if you're dealing with institutions, they just have a list. And, hey, if you don't have a 600 credit score, then forget it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and honestly, if somebody has a 600 credit score, they're pretty close to being able to qualify for a... Uh a conventional loan at that point. And I would imagine that uh, many of the notes that you evaluate, the the uh, buyers have much lower credit scores than that. It, they're really all across the board. You you would be amazed at the number that I have that have over 700. Hmm. Really. Because there's different reasons for carrying back a note. That's just one of them that they can't get a bank loan. Sometimes I've got people, um, a lot of them that just won't deal with a bank. Hmm. You know, and so for that reason, they look for private financing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I definitely see notes that have 700 credit scores, 750 even. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Uh, we got some more questions uh, to run by Donna here after we take a quick break. If you have any, give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send us an email, askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Donna Bauer, a.k.a. The Note Buyer, uh, who is, I will remind you, actually making formal appearances here in Cincinnati on March the 7th at the Cincinnati RIA regular meeting, and then on March the 16th to do an all-day Saturday. And uh, the, the questions that we're getting here, Donna, are clearly from people who are relatively sophisticated about this already. And I am... I'm sitting here worrying about the folks who are just lost <laughs> because their their background is all in real estate and and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't I don't even know how to start with this. And uh, I want to encourage those folks to to come to these meetings where you're going to pre- be presenting because if you have any background in real estate at all, if you understand properties, taking the step over to the financing part of the properties is not going to be difficult for you, but it is a different strategy so you do it's really easier vina well sure much much easier than flipping a property sure but tell that to a listener who's sitting there going what discount what discount what's a discount (laughs) (laughs) you know what let's just break this down real simple 
like anything else that you were in business, if you're selling something, you are going to buy low and sell high, and whatever the difference is, that's your profit. And I teach you how to do all of the little details that are involved in that. But the basic premise is you find somebody who wants to to sell the note that they hold. You find an investor that wants to buy it. You put the deal together and you make money. That sounds so easy. But what discount? It really is a simple concept. (laughs) (laughs) If you follow my checklist, it's really easy to do. Yes, uh, we have a a caller on line one. Alan is calling us from Cincinnati. Alan, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, thanks for taking the call. Listen, I just tuned in, so I, uh, I'm afraid I don't know what you've covered. But I, I'm just a first-time home buyer, and I wonder if I could ask you about buyer's title insurance. Is it a good idea? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I used to own a title company, and um, so I'm, I'm very... This, I could get on my soapbox real easy here. People think that when they're buying a property, they do not need title insurance. They say, oh, my lender's got uh, title insurance or right. you know they bought a lender's policy well that policy insures the lender not you sure sure so if something goes wrong it is they're going to pay the lender but you're out, you're left out in the cold they don't necessarily remedy the problem they may just pay whatever the damage was but they're not going to pay you uh, because you did not have your own policy and i might add that you should definitely usually you have like 30 days after your closing that if you haven't bought it you can go back and add it on because mm-hmm. you get a discount if you if you buy your owner's policy at closing when your uh, lender has also bought a lender's policy it's much cheaper then now uh, i'm told that uh, and i've been dealing with banks or at least i've i've called banks uh, about uh, their rates and policies and, and, and fees, that um, the uh, title insurance that's purchased, the lender's title insurance, is a part of the closing costs generally. Is that, is that uh, the norm? For some banks, yes. For some banks, no. You do need to check that individually and find out, find out okay, when you're telling me this is what I'm going to have to pay to get the loan, is the lender's policy of title assurance in addition to that, or is it not? Mm-hmm. Because they, they do vary from from bank to bank. But, yeah, a, an owner's policy of title insurance is, is pretty inexpensive. And one payment, the, the one payment you make at the closing covers you for the entire life of, the, of, the, of your ownership of the property. And with the shenanigans that were going on in um, title title work in the uh, in the uh, four or five years prior to the crash of the real estate market, we're seeing more and more title problems that are cropping up years and years and years and years later that could affect your ability to resell your property. Would the banks, uh, the lender, the uh, mortgage lenders, again assuming if it's if it's a bank or I guess whomever. Uh, would they uh, be able to uh, quote a, a uh, rate on the buyer's the rate, title insurance, or the, would I have to call a title insurance the, agency? It will be handled by the same company that handles the closing, and the rate is set by law. So you will get the same answer wherever you call. The buyer's rate is the set The buyer's by law? title insurance policy is set by law in Ohio. You will get the same answer no mm-hmm. matter who you ask. Okay. And typically, though, um, even if the bank is covering title insurance for their lender's policy, usually you're going to have to pay if you want the buyer's policy. But like I said, it's an upcharge because if they're buying both at the same closing, you do get a discount on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
they tell me that it's a part of the closing cost. How, uh, how typical is it or common that um, uh, one can negotiate uh, that the, uh, with the seller, that the seller pick up all or some of the closing costs? Hey, if you're making an offer... You, you can, can do whatever you want. You can ask them to do anything that you want okay. to ask them to do, and the, the worst they can say is no, right? Sure. <laughs> All right, Alan, thank you very much for Thanks your so call. Much. We appreciate that. And, uh, Donna, we got a couple of more questions for you via email here. Uh, this one is from JC in Las Vegas. He says, if I evaluate a performing note for purchase, and because of its structure, I would have to buy it at a very large discount. Should I even present my offer to the seller or should I just go for a partial to show the seller what that and show the seller what that is? I always make or almost always make two offers. One is to buy the entire note and and the second one is to do, to do the partial, like he's talking about. So I'll pr- I, I, first I, I preface it with, you know, there there's some issues with the note. There's no seasoning. There's not enough uh, uh, equity, whatever it is, okay? And I present that. And so if I buy the whole thing, I can only pay this much. But there is another way to go that might be better for you. What if I only buy part of the note? I could buy so many payments of it, and in that case, I could give you this much money. So I, I make both offers and let them decide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sort of like when you're making an offer on a house and you say to the seller, here's how much I can pay you for cash and here's how much I can pay you if you will carry financing and it's a bigger number or it looks, exactly. like, a, looks like a bigger number to them. So um, yeah, see what I mean about sophisticated questions? <laughs> that yeah, were, that, this is great. I love it. <laughs> Keep them coming. How long do we have? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they're kicking us off the air in like four <laughs> minutes. Um, JC has a follow-up question. He says, if I was offering a piece of real estate that I own for sale and I'm willing to take back a second, is there any way that I can structure or document it so that it actually has a future sale value? In today's market, it's very unlikely. Um, Like I said, in California, that's a little different. Um, It it really depends on how much down payment they're going to have, but there's really not a great market for seconds. I would not encourage you to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. But you bring up an interesting point there. Um, some people, if they were carrying back, like, like let's say $100,000, they're selling a house for 100000 and their first thought is carry back a $100,000 note. If you carry back an $80,000 note and a $20,000 second, then hold that second. I'd rather get that 20000 over time than lose it all when I sell the note because if you sell a $100,000 note, you, you might only get $70,000 for it. But if you break it into two pieces, you could get 70000 for the first, and you collect the 20000 on the second over time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The difference being that it's uh, the, the $80,000 first is of more value to the note buyer because there's significant equity in his note. There's not really equity in the property because you've got a second. But there's that equity in his part of it, and if he has to uh, take it back, he can foreclose you out. <laughs> yes, and there's something to be said for that if he values his $20,000 that he's keeping in a second, there's a good chance that he's going to bring that first current. So some people actually like it when there's a second behind them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's 
in the last just couple of minutes of the show here, and I know this, this is a difficult question to answer because it depends so much on the quality of the note, the quality of the borrower, the quality of the underlying asset, and so on. How much of a return is the typical investor note buyer? So in other words, I'm going to I'm going to buy this note and I'm going to hold it. Maybe I'm going to buy it from Donna and I'm going to hold it, but I'm, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to hold it. How much of a return on these seller held uh, first mortgages are folks looking for these days? It totally depends on who you're buying it from and whether or not you're competing with other people. Like, for example, um, if you send out letters and you have somebody that most of the time they don't even know that they have something that they can sell. So then it's a matter of how much cash do they need. And many times you can easily get a 20 or 25% return on your money. On the other hand, if they're sophisticated and they know the marketplace and they're sending it out to five different uh, institutions that will buy their note, if you're competing with those institutions, then on a really nice note, you're probably going to have to come in at between 8 and 12% rate of return for yourself. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I teach is how to turn that 12% rate of return into a 70 80 or 90% rate of return. And, and that's on a perfectly good note, totally safe. And the key is you're going to buy it at a discount, but encourage an early payoff. And when you get your money back quicker and you realize that profit that you built in up front, then your rate of return is going to go through the roof. And I can show you over and over and over again where you can get 50, 60, 70, 80% returns on your money just by using that technique. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in order to uh, see Donna whip out her calculator and <laughs> actually do that math, uh, you're going to need to come and see her at Cincinnati RIA on March the 7th. That meeting is open to the public, including non-members and guests. So check that out at CincinnatiRIA.com. You can also come and see her in Columbus, Ohio on April. A- uh, April the 2nd, and uh, you can get more information about that at centralohioinvestors.com. Donna, thank you so much for coming to us today and sharing your expertise on buying performing mortgages. We will see you next month at the Cincinnati RIA meeting, and we will see the rest of you next week when we will be back with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. <laughs>